Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Jeff, we are on the precipice of the fourth annual attempt to kill ourselves, <laughs> the 12 days of podcasts. I mean, it is the dumbest decision <laughs> that we have ever undertaken. We keep doing it every single year. Who suggested this in the first place? Me. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> it was my idea. I what felt is the, like... What is the point? I felt like... A lot of people are traveling over the holidays, yeah. and we should super serve our audience because you, a lot of people, good Samaritan, a lot of people don't have podcasts to listen to on planes. A lot of people don't have entertainment while they're home. Maybe, yeah. I mean, you know, your family can be annoying. Maybe you want to tune out for an hour and a half. How about the people who are working during the holidays who need something to get their minds off of the fact that they're working over the holidays? Yeah, that's us. Yeah. <laughs> so, um. By the way, shout out to Trav Dave, who, speaking of the holidays, was like, hey, are you guys getting Chinese food on Thanksgiving night? And the yeah. answer is no. The answer is no. That's that's a Christmas thing. <laughs> this is an American holiday. So um, in any event, the, the whole point of the 12 Days of Podcast is that we put 12 podcasts together leading up to Christmas, 12 podcasts yeah. in 12 days. People get it. You know, it's in the name. We don't have to explain this. Um, every year, I think we've elevated. We've mm-hmm. had a nice mix a nice collection of behind the scenes people mm-hmm. friends mm-hmm. big time celebrities mm-hmm. and they've all come over to our apartment and here we are once again jeff and here's the funny thing for everyone out there who's like oh you know what four years in the guys are getting better at what they do no <laughs> you know how hard it is to do 12 episodes it's so hard and this year by the way oh wait you sound like you're gonna like oh boo-hoo. no 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 definitely not boo-hoo. no but yes yeah <laughs> We put a lot of work into this. This is our everything. The crazy thing is that I think people think it's easy. And even when we might think that we're doing a good job, when we start planning months in advance, mm-hmm. things just don't go our oh, way. Oh, no. Everybody says no. <laughs> every, every single person says no. Nobody wants to do anything near Christmas. There every- was one big star who turned us down twice this time. Like twice. It's been, no, it's been more than twice. Come on. No, 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 twice for this specific like run, he has been like, yes, no, yes, no. He keeps saying yeah, he'll do it, and oh, then he won't do it. What a frustration. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, um, he's not doing it this round, but twelve <laughs> other people are, and um, or maybe fifteen. Fifteen re- people are. Yeah. How you- do we do fifteen in? Oh. Yeah, you get I it. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, guys, revisit this later on. <laughs> Find the Easter egg for Christmas. Yeah. So uh, I guess the first one drops this week. Yeah. First one drops this Friday, the 13th. Ooh, spooky. Uh, <laughs> Ooh. And uh, it's going to be a big episode. We got a video with that episode, should the video be done at that point. I hope so. I hope so, too. <laughs> God damn, we're putting a lot of work into this. Like, okay, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm being a... a a baby about oh, this? No, that, it's already too late. And I don't want to sound if like you're five I'm minutes into this complaint trying to take credit for everything. Mm-hmm. But I do want people to know that this really is a two-person operation. That we do all the bookings, we do all the editing, mm-hmm. we do all the commercial reads. We do when you buy a T-shirt, we personally write a note and then wrap it up and take it down to the post office to send it out to you. Hold on. Yes. If it's just me and you, yeah. then who's the third set of footprints in the sand? <laughs> Jeff, this is the season 
Nice. So it's Dan. <laughs> <laughs> it's our brother Dan. Shout out to Dan. That's a better answer than I thought you would have. Had. <laughs> I thought you were just gonna like just just trail say Jesus. Off, <laughs> uh, just trail off into nothing and yeah. be like, it is. Yeah. It is what it is. The man above. Jeff, this is the last podcast before the 12 days, and we wanted to give you guys a really good one. Jeff, who's on the podcast today? Singer-songwriter Dermot Kennedy from outside Dublin, Ireland. Shout out to Dermot. We didn't know him personally. You know, a lot of people come through. They're friends of ours, or we've known them in the circles we run in. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, this guy. Dermot is Dermot. his name. <laughs> yeah, I forgot in the in the 30 seconds. This guy. This guy. No, Dermot is, um, he was pitched to us as somebody who would be very left of field for us. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody who might not make sense for the podcast. But in listening to his music and in hearing his story, the, what we knew of it, we were just like, okay, like this guy is is really great. I think really great things for him. I think yeah. that um, 2020 is going to be a huge year in terms of him crossing over to uh, to this American audience. And, and then actually having him sit down with us to hear his story, it is... Very specific to him, of course, mm-hmm. but it's not unlike what we all go through. And I think that's what we try to find in everyone's story is the commonalities. Sure. So it's a fascinating journey that he has made across the ocean to us and across the United States and throughout his career, really from playing on the sidewalks back at home in Ireland mm-hmm. to selling out bigger and bigger venues. And uh, he does drop a little hint, a little Easter egg christmas egg in this in this podcast about where he might play next so look out for that look out for dermot's music he's worked with our friend mike dean amongst others jeff when you want to get into this uh right after i tell people to subscribe subscribe below smash season smash that subscribe (laughs) button jeff when you want to get into it right now yo what up it's eric aka world billiard championships aka hitting the mangles yo what up it's jeff aka irish cream aka the euro Uh. <laughs> yeah, Dermot Kennedy, singer songwriter. Yes, your third favorite podcast, and waste of time with it's the real. Dermot, what's happening? I haven't spoken to you guys for a second. <laughs> it's a little bit different energy. Yeah, 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 like Welcome to the Upper West Side. Thank you. Welcome to New York. You were just telling us that tomorrow morning you have to wake up super early. Yeah. Because you're doing a morning TV gig and... Uh, like 4.30. Oh, man. there at 5.30. And you don't perform until... To sing at 9. So what do you do in between? Sit around. Yeah, is it possible to <laughs> sleep? Yeah. Yeah, nah. no, because you can't sleep because then your voice falls asleep. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, you warm up at like 7. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just unnatural. once. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> I get it, though. TV is important. Though. I mean, you could lip sync. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm not going there. No, no, no. No. <laughs> nah, yeah, it's a thing. It's been presented to me, and I'm like, I'm never doing that. Have you ever? Nah. Yeah. No, I never have. Honestly, I never. I mean, I, I'll say I never will, to yeah. be honest. It's bad. Yeah. I'm just, I don't know. That's that's. It's a lot to ask for an early morning gig, I feel like. It's crazy. I've heard, it's mad, you know, right? I've heard about artists that have live shows in the can, right? Yeah. And so then they go and play like arenas and mime. Oh. But what like a boring you... thing to do for an hour and a half, right? Oh yeah, but imagine there's people all there paying to see it, and, right? And this hilariously perfect thing comes out here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah. you're in town for how long? Uh, just two days. And you've been on the road for how long? Oh man, I don't know. Like about well, yeah, I took a break here in Brooklyn for like a couple of months to make the album at the beginning of this year. But yeah. past that, I, the two the last two years have just been touring. Yeah, like where do you have mail sent? 
Uh, yeah, no way. No, no. Uh, my, our you subscribe to no magazines. Yeah, 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 yeah. Our photographer got locked out of her bank account yesterday, and oh, oh. they were like, we're going to send you a new code. And she was like, this is no good. I'm yeah, on a bus. It's yeah, yeah, basically. So you, you sleep on a bus? Sleep on a bus, yeah. In yeah. the coffins? Yeah. Oh, how would you be that? surprised? It's like 10 hour sleeps. It's good. Oh, really? Yeah, something happens. It's like your mechanical. The rocking mother, sort yeah. of like yeah, helps but you. also like there's absolutely no light in there, right? It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's pretty scary. Like, you could wake up at four in the morning and you're going pretty fast. Or at least it feels that way. And it's very unsettling. And your mind can go crazy and be like, we are veering off a cliff right now. Yeah. <laughs> How often do you wake up in a city and have zero idea where you are? Yeah, it happens a good bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, that's probably the weirdest part of your day. Because the night previous, you might have been in a venue where literally like thousands of people are screaming and like it's the most exciting thing you've ever experienced and then you just like wake up in a bunk and, <laughs> and, uh, and it's this weird like come down for sure. What a glorious time on the road. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like it's everything a you total dream, yeah. mix of like incredible moments and then total dips. Yeah. yeah. Do you get used to the food on the road? I try. It's important. Yeah. Like, I think about this all the time. Like you think about acts like the Rolling Stones and stuff. It's like such crazy lives and lifestyles. But it's like when you do it these days and you're like playing four shows in a row and all that, I feel like you can't sort of mess around, you know? Like yeah. you gotta be relatively healthy. Like yeah. that's your routine. Like, yeah. yeah. If you're gonna do cocaine, you have to do it <laughs> yeah. in a very <laughs> measured <laughs> yeah. Yeah. morning, noon, and night. Yeah. 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 Just a little bit of coke. Well, let's go to the to the very beginning. Yes. Where are you originally from? From Rathcoole in Dublin and Ireland. Okay. And what was growing up there like? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a small town. Mm -hmm. And and even where I lived was outside that town. So I wasn't even near civilization. It was like forest and fields, basically. Your was, closest neighbor was how close? Next door, but okay. then it was us. Yeah. It was just us for like quite a way. And uh, yeah, it just, I mean classic thing of like when you're a kid you're kind of pissed off because you can't go hang out with all your friends but also then when it came to writing songs it was cool because it was this thing I was constantly inspired by the landscape I was constantly isolated so I was constantly kind of able to zone in on it but uh but yeah definitely wasn't part of a scene isolated know? like you had internet though uh as of like like we had bad internet okay right, for yeah. a long time and then so you weren't watching streaming videos no yeah. like yeah it was that thing you could get like email YouTube yeah where you're like five seconds in and the yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how did how did music get to you um that's the thing i think about that quite a bit it's like so if i do what i do now i clearly wasn't influenced by much you know like i wasn't influenced by a scene i wasn't trying to fit in with friends or anything so anything that did come out of me was completely organic right and and hopefully authentic and i think about that quite a bit and but like the reason i got a guitar was my cousin played he was he was uh he was in a band he was brilliant yeah he was playing uh dancing in the moonlight by thin lizzie at a oh man once, and i was just like that guy i want to be like that yeah. wow i was like eight years old but. what was the first music that you like sought out uh yeah singer songwriters like david gray mm -hmm. um david gray ray lamontaine stuff like that that's mm -hmm. what i wanted to be i really did I, I i wanted my dream was to be able to walk out on stages in beautiful theaters and it'd be silent and i could play with my guitar and you want to play for nobody i wanted i wanted it to be like attentive rooms in big, beautiful sort of palatial theaters. I was like, if I can do that, I'll be happy. And now I'm doing that 
like on the last tour. So it's this crazy thing of having to like reassess what I want to be. Did you ever like perform like when you were like a kid, like in front of your like your school and anything? Yeah, and it was cool because I was super focused on soccer. That's what I want. Uh, like I thought that's what I was gonna do for yeah. a career. I thought I was gonna be a professional footballer. And were you good? I was decent, but I was never gonna do it. Like mm. it's this crazy thing where if you're Irish and you play football, like you want to. The dream is basically to go to England and mm. and play for Man United or Liverpool or whoever. Yeah. But like, it's similar to music in the way that the chances are just so tiny. Yeah. Like you'll go over and it'll, you'll have to be like the one kid they pick out of thousands. Yeah. And like half a percent make it, you know. So uh, it was never going to be a thing, but I loved it. And so that's to say that like whenever I played music, it wasn't my priority yet. So I was super chilled out. Like the president came to school and we had to play a concert for her. And I went first because I just was kind of like, yeah, I'll do this thing. I can have How old do. were you? Uh, like 11. Wow. Yeah. But I was, uh, yeah. So I was at this point where it didn't feel very important to me yet. So, uh, but I knew I could do it and it was fun. You were just blindly confident. I wasn't nervous because I wasn't like, oh, this is my thing. I got to get this right. Yeah. yeah. Did you come from a big family? Uh, no, uh, I got a sister, my mom and dad. They're actually all in New York. Yeah, they're coming to the show tonight. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, it's cool. Sister is older or younger? Older, yeah. She's yeah. a doctor. Wow. Yeah, she played. Actually, she's the reason I started playing music too. She's a great uh, piano player. Wait, what happened to the cousin? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's get the story straight here. Yeah, yeah. Wait, what? Your sister played music as well? Plays piano, yeah. Right on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. did you have a piano in the house? Yeah. And did you sink her around on it? Yeah, I'm awful at the piano but i can write on it i played live for a bit but not anymore mm. it's so nice to sort of get rid of that did you have a teacher come over to the house or did you go no i just learned it i play it like with just i know people can't see but i play it with like six fingers in total like i do not play oh, by the bass, way that's but... three on each finger that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. not like you know like five on one hand and the other like one bass <laughs> note. Yeah. Yeah. yeah did you consider yourself good at 11 no I did like I could see this thing in like my mom and dad where they were clearly excited by the way I could sing or whatever and uh but nah I wasn't thinking about it yet. And did you have any other friends who played music? No, none. So my this is friends a solo this, gig. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And my friends to this day are like zero interest in music. Like they'll go to shows and stuff, but they're it's I certainly Are don't they bots? Have, <laughs> no, no, like they like it, but it's kind of like it's it, it's just we were all kind of into sport growing up and, right and so i really kind of had to do my own thing to go towards music and uh and to this day that's kind of cool because i go home and i don't talk about music you know i don't talk about the industry i don't talk about like shows i just i just get to sort of talk about nothing with but is part of you just seething just being like i just want to talk about myself <laughs> and the great things i've done uh you're just like if only I mean, you understood <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah well the that's coffin that i've been sleeping I mean, in yeah you yeah. guys talk to people in the industry all the time i think yeah. one of the most interesting things and it's it's sort of like news to me all the time is how much is involved in like a thing a project working yeah it's outrageous i had no idea like production managers like stage managers, how uh, the amount of work your managers do, all that. Yeah, I just, bus it's, driver. It's, it's yeah, fascinating. Yeah. When you're getting into your teen years, yes, and you're playing music on your own, sure, and you're living far away from, True, yeah. you know, cities. Mm. How do you get your music? to other ears or was that just not a concern you're just like i'll play for myself and that's fine yeah i did that for a long time and i and i was very inspired by i was very inspired by things like the hobbit right so if you, i know that sounds silly but like if you if you think about it i was very inspired by things that sort of took you away from normal life and and seemed like fantasy almost and you could live in those places and so i was attached to this idea like i can write a song 
where I permanently stay there, right? And uh, and I thought that was a beautiful thing. And so then around 16, I went into Dublin, into the city and started playing like open mics and bars and stuff. And my dad would bring me in because I couldn't get into the bars and I would play. And yeah, then maybe I was kind of like, oh, these are all like these seasoned veterans of open mics and they kind of seem impressed by what I do. So maybe this is the thing. Yeah. So did they welcome you in? Yeah, it was lovely. There's some nights in Dublin that are like really nice. And, and I think... There's, I think it's like in the grand scheme of things, like in Ireland, there's a there's, people nurture songwriters anyway, I think. Like Van Morrison was on in the food market I was in here yesterday. Yeah. And I'm just kind of like, oh, there is a lineage of Irish songwriters. So I think there's always this thing. If there's a youngster trying to do it, they'll probably help them out. Yeah. yeah. What's your favorite Irish drinking song? Uh, oh, I would say, I'm not, I'm not sure if it classifies as a drinking song, but there's a song called The Parting Glass. Actually, yeah, that's it. it glasses in the thing. So. <laughs> um, it's a song that they sing often at people's wakes or funerals, and uh, it's basically just like "Have a drink for me" because I'm out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's beautiful. Is it? it it's sad. It's yeah, a sad, it's sad song. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of sad. <laughs> Actually, no, sorry, it's not. That's like a disservice to the guy who wrote it. It, it is essentially like, "Don't be sad because I lived the way I lived, so yeah. it's all good." That's, that's nice. so it's beautiful. No, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And there's a video. So the guy that wrote it is called Liam Clancy. There was the Clancy Brothers, which are these just like legendary songwriters, and. There's a video of a bunch of Irish songwriters singing it at Liam Clancy's funeral, and it's like the most insane thing. Yeah. So if you're you're at home and you're playing, and you're composing, and you're by yourself, mm -hmm. how do you? And you don't have necessarily like all of the uh, ways to find other music course, across yeah. the world. How do you learn, you know, song structure, and how yeah. do you learn like how long something should be? Sure. Like, how does yeah. this come to you? Or are you just like playing forever, and it's just like, well, that's right. what a song yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. Say like. So Bonnie Iver were massive in my musical development for me, and and so I went. I, I I was writing songs by myself from like sixteen to eighteen, and they were just like rambling, lyrical sort of like I never thought about structure or anything. Even I didn't think about structure until a couple of years ago. Probably. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but you knew how to tell a story, seemingly. Yes. Yeah. And and I knew when I was playing at a venue that it worked. That I like. It's very very easy to tell when some. When a crowd is on your side, right? And and when, they're when, not booing or throwing things, <laughs> yeah, or but even like the little just sitting silently in yeah, the dark, yeah. <laughs> the thing that you wanted. Yeah. But even the little details of like you know when people are listening because they know they're supposed to, and when they're really with you. And uh, and I felt like I had that sometimes. But then I, I went to college and I studied classical music for three years. And did that blow your mind? Kind of. I was very sort of frustrated because I knew I wanted to do what I do these days. Mm. And I wish I could go back, right? It was all like theory. To the 1700s? No. <laughs> but, I wish I, but I wish I could go back and do that degree and just be like, immerse oh, myself in yeah. like musical theory and seeing yeah. how much of a genius like Mozart actually is. Sure. Instead of being like, oh, I want to be a guitar. Well, but that always, that always <laughs> comes like with time. It's like I'm a lot smarter now than I was back then. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I did that and I met... Uh, a guy there who plays drums for us still. And um, that kind of sort of exposed me to other people that play music. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, tuition was worth that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I did it. Finding a drummer. I did it because if this all went backwards, I could be a teacher, to be honest. Totally. Yeah. So did your parents have any sort of expectations? Like, hey, okay, try this for a year, try this for two years. Yeah, I mean, your, your sister is a doctor, and yes. so, like, there is some oh, sort yeah. of, yeah. For sure, yeah. It wasn't, it certainly wasn't a thing of, like, all right, cool, go play in the street and figure that out. It was, like, 
there should be a plan in place here. They did know that that's what you were up to. Oh, totally. Yeah. 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 And would they see you? Sometimes my dad. So my dad worked around the corner from where I would play in the street. Yeah. And so I kept all my gear in his office all the time. And uh, yeah, it was cool. Did you have your guitar case like open? Yeah. Okay. And what was, let's say, the most successful night that you had? Uh, so I figured out that the best way to do it is if you play in sets, right? Because there's people like a stream of people all day. So I used to play for like three hours and it, you'd just be exhausted. That's and one song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, before I learned about it. Um, but nah, I figured out if you did like two 40 minute sets, you could essentially like get two whole different crowds of people and then if you're selling cds for like 10 euro then uh then you can have good days yeah i I remember the very first day i went how happy i was directly influenced how successful i was really absolutely like if i was grumpy there playing it would be a bad day sure for sure and (laughs) and so the first day i went i had a really successful day i think i made like 850 euro in like an hour and a half and then I gradually declined. Oh. Yeah, yeah, because I just got like less and less enthused about it. I don't like it, by the way. I, I Like I did it because it, it was better than having a job. But, um, <laughs> but it, was, I, it was very, very clear to me that if I played like Ed Sheeran or like All of Me by John Legend, next thing I knew there'd be a giant crowd of people. And I was like, I don't like this right. thing of me. It's very sort of like Machiavellian or something. Sure, yeah. yeah. You wanted to play your own creations, not exactly. necessarily cover someone else's. Yeah, but obviously the goal is to make money. And if I play all my own songs, I won't make money. Yeah. yeah. So it just feels like a cheat code to just like play popular songs that you exactly. know will. Yeah. yeah. I read a thing that said that your worst job involved you dressing up as SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what was, yeah, so what was that? I worked for a promotions company, right? Mm-hmm. And they did this really annoying thing of... Um, They'd be like, are you around on Sunday? And I was like, yeah, okay. And so once they know you're around, they're like, by the way, um, this... Once they know you can show up for the job. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like, by the way, it involves dressing up as Spongebob. And, like, I will insist that whenever you see somebody... I don't know if you guys have ever done anything like that. uh, Mm -hmm. But if you see somebody in in one of those suits, like even the teddy bear things, all like that, to have just so much respect because it is awful in oh. there like it the fabric is so abrasive <laughs> i the suit was huge and i could only see out of one eye so i had both <laughs> my eyes trained out of this one spongebob eye and uh what was this for did you have to go to like a party it was a supermarket it was like a promo thing i was like spongebob in the supermarket handing out <laughs> balloons to kids yeah. and i had this thing of i had to hand out balloons to kids all day because it was like a fun day the supermarket was having so i'd have to go to a warehouse out the back that i'd like 5,000 balloons in it and drag them back in and hand them out and between the warehouse and the shop I was just letting them go into oh. the sky I was like I was losing like 200 for every trip I took it was brilliant um, did you make more or less than 850 euros? Oh, much less much yeah. less yeah so crazy and then like yeah I don't know how people do it like and then I, I it was the closest I ever came to being like I'm out of here yeah like, this is stupid so of course busking is more like exciting and, yeah it's gla- you know, more glamorous than that literally pays sure. off yeah. yeah I feel like I was kind of impatient though you know like and, and to the point that I was kind of almost like a brat I was kind of like like I don't know just like isn't that nice like for me to have that outlet to be able to just busk in the street when all my friends are kind of like I need to get a job and blah blah it's like I'm quite privileged to it. but even then I was kind of like I don't know I, like I still wasn't disciplined doing that but I guess I knew what I wanted to do well I mean disciplined enough that you would keep going out there over and over yeah. and over yeah, right? you're, you're your own boss yes with yeah. a lot of sort of 
persistence though like from others like yeah like because even my dad say he was like look i'm not asking you to get a job but just please do the thing you can do wow because like and i wasn't lazy but it just it felt like it wasn't what i wanted to do i, I wanted to have a career in music but obviously you gotta wait for that so yeah and then how do you sort of approach that um, how do you kind of get there? Yeah. I mean, the reason I was busking was to make money to get in the studio. Yeah. And as soon as I'm there, I feel like I'm doing the thing I'm supposed to do. Like, no one can get me out of the studio. Like, I'll work harder than anybody, but it's just I want to be within the right thing. And uh, That's something where you pay hourly? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think I, I bought, like, a week in the studio. Wow. Yeah, yeah and it was, it was um, yeah, like, it's not small money, especially when you're playing in the street. But, um, but I did this thing. This is interesting, like across all genres. I I had been in studios before and I brought in these songs that I wrote, just me and a guitar, and they lost their way because I was so young and the producer would kind of be like, well, we should put a bass line on it. And I'd be like, okay, yeah, I guess. <laughs> and, then, and then it would become their idea and then the drum part would be their idea and the guitar part. And then I'd leave the studio with these songs that had kind of lost their way that maybe I should have just gone in and played them with a guitar yeah. and it would be an honest thing. And, uh, and so I got kind of studio phobia for a bit. And so when I went in after busking to make the money, I, uh, I, I knew exactly, I knew the violin part, I knew the drum part, I knew everything. So basically it was almost like ticking boxes. I knew what the songs were already going to sound like. Yeah. So I just wanted to be a sort of, and you never had necessarily any formal training in school in music in composition. Music? No, yeah. no, no. No. And as far as you knew, the most successful, you know, musician in your life was possibly your cousin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. O- yeah. Up until a certain age, I guess. And um, yeah, I pride myself on that, to be honest. The fact that, like, <clears throat> I'm not going out there now playing songs that are like basic musically and like, oh, please, everybody just pay attention to the lyrics because that's where all the good is. Like, I want them to be interesting arrangements and compositions and all that. I pride myself on that. So who do you know business-wise that you can trust at that point? Like, when you're you're 17, 18 years old and you're in charge of your career, who can you, like, partner with? Yeah, I mean, like... I, I know, like, I've got my managers these days, and uh, I'm sure. very fortunate. And But, yeah, there's so many moments where I could have been like, oh, okay, you'll be my manager. Right? Yeah, right, and, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and also... Because there's no blueprint for it. Yeah, and especially when you grow up, like, when you're sort of coming up in the music industry, like, obviously, there's so much sort of, like, so many people being like, be careful, be careful, be careful, be yeah. careful. Don't sign anything. Be wary of everybody. Yeah, if you go to the studio, your songs might be right. co-written yeah, by yeah, yeah. a guy who's just working there. Of yeah, course, yeah. and like watch out for like record labels, blah blah blah. And it's like, yeah, but also you gotta try and make some sort of progress, right? It's like, and so then the idea of like your friend managing you becomes very appealing because you're like, oh well, I know you, right? But it's like also you need a good manager, so it's this weird balance, right? It's like you gotta. You got to obviously be cautious of everything you expose yourself to in the industry, but also like there's good people too. Yeah. Yeah. It's not all bad. Also, and this is very dark, but most murders are done by people who know one another. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So there you go. Thanks, Jeff. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, like I I just want to bring some sunshine. (laughs) Yeah. I can't imagine being in the place I'm at with like someone I know. I feel like it needs to be someone I can like uh, talk to and kind of like, yeah, I don't necessarily want it to be that close. I remember I, when I graduated, I went to school to be a filmmaker. right? Right. And I wrote these scripts and I pitched these ideas and I, I had an idea actually that I took to Fox Animation um, who did like Ice Age and all these different you know animated movies. And I had this idea um, about it, 
at the time, it was a revolutionary idea. It was actually, um, you know, because all these different companies were doing just like whatever, like one species of animal. Right. I was like, let's do a whole bunch and like have it at a zoo. I was like, and all these animals from the zoo will escape and go back to their home country. And they were like, no, it won't work, whatever. And later mm-hmm. on, by the way, Madagascar. But that's yeah, fine. Yeah. That's fine. It's just that tells me that like it's just as good an idea as anyone could do. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. Also, but, fuck Madagascar. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> But, and, and, and by the way, Fox Animation didn't do it, so it's like, whatever. It's just like an idea that anyone could have done. Yeah, 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 But I remember at the time, I was like, to go pitch this idea in this company that was in my town, I was like, I'll just have my talkative friend come with me. And so I just asked him, I was like, yeah, you're my manager now. And so he came with me to the place and it was like, he didn't know anything about yeah. writing or he didn't know anything about movies. It was just like, he's talkative and it, it just wasn't a realistic thing. But I was like, I need someone who can act like they know more For than sure. me yeah 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 there's certain things that can be so appealing but you need to just trust that you're probably the right person to carry it yeah yeah, yeah. so did you trust yourself uh yeah for sure and and it actually Michal the guy I was talking about the drummer I met in college he was great to link up with because he was the first person I ever met that was like equally ambitious and equally like we were talking about it the other night it's like we would play like we would like be the opening act for shows and we'd be like how do we, and we wouldn't even talk about it, but there was just this unspoken thing between us where it's like, how do we kind of like make their audience be like, who's that? Like, yeah, I want to see them again. Like they were better than the headliner. And, well, and by the way, that's a thing where right. it's like, you're the opening act because you're not supposed to be as good yeah, yeah, yeah. as the headliner. Yeah, for sure. And, and we had this, you know, we were talking about the other night, we were like, it was borderline kind of aggressive to be like, we want to be like the thing that people leave sort of blown away by. And, uh, so yeah, it just it, it just takes an awful lot of patience. I trusted myself too. Yeah, it's funny because like, say we're playing Radio City here next year, and the, like a lot of the time you're asking me what what it, not annoying in interviews, but like what kind of comes up all the time. Before yeah. I was like, can you believe you're doing that? And it's like, well, yeah, like I've been, yeah, <laughs> like so, like like because even last night I was at Baby's All Right, and it's like we did Baby's All Right, then Music Hall of Williamsburg, Irving Plaza, uh, and then and now two more shows, and then King's Theater, right, King's Theater, and Radio City and uh, and it's just like yeah that's a progression you know? exactly like, yeah I know I'm lucky to go bigger room every time and for them to be sold out but it's not nothing either you yeah know? yeah so in those moments where you're you're playing open mics yeah do you meet anybody who is like on the level or like on the rise and you can see it uh like same age as me yeah nah it yeah. was all like older people it was kind of cool like. it's a bit of both you would encounter someone who's incredible there's a guy called terry sutton who to this day i don't know where he's gone he's the best singer i've ever seen and then there's like do you know pirates of the caribbean when yeah uh, Yeah. when when, (laughs) what's it called when when will turner's dad is like on the boat and he's like all shells he's like part of the boat that's like that's what they remind me of They're they're just there permanently and uh and so those people exist too, but nah. seeing all that, then like guys who are old, older who are either talented or just like there. barnacle ridden, yeah. yeah. Um, does that make you afraid of the chances of like if 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 Terry is so talented and you're just like fuck, like yeah, yeah I'll I'll forever be local. Oh yeah. right, yeah. Like can that happen? Yeah, and yeah. like that's a good point because that's a very sort of you see that all the time with Irish acts. They like the Irish acts play stadiums at home, and you guys would never have heard of them, and and not in a patronizing way. It's just they don't get out out of our sure, way. It's yeah. Like, and 
it's just this thing that gets so contained. So that I think that was my main fear, which and so and I can't even give advice to anybody to be like, oh, here's how I like it, like you were going to like we were talking about Spotify, but it's like I, there's no one way that I avoided that. I guess I'm just lucky in that sense. And also, like, I'm not trying to discredit myself like I probably did it because what I'm doing is culturally relevant and, and is decent. Like the stuff stays at home because it works only at home. But yeah. like, but yeah, that was my main fear, maybe that I would like do well in Ireland and you guys would never hear me. Right. And, but you know, I mean, as, I'm so glad that we, yeah, yeah, <laughs> we were the metric, but as a, but as a, as a, as a child and you're dreaming of like, you know, like, like the Hobbit, like going elsewhere and yeah. just like the music taking you somewhere else. Where's the first place that you travel to that you're just like, this is bigger than, you know, where I grew up. Yeah. Yeah. True. Like, yeah, I'm trying to think. I remember like the first time I ever traveled for music was Florida. <laughs> really yeah. what, was, what was in florida this is a good example of how i was willing to just like grab whatever came my way i i was busking in dublin and a company it was an app called glide took a video of me and it got a million views or something and i was like oh wow I'm it's like, up to five million now or something like is that. It? yeah and i was like oh like i'm i have a million views on video this is a big deal like let's chase this and then they were doing this convention in florida it was all just like youtubers and stuff and i was like yeah i'll go play at that and uh were you uh, recognized nah no, nah it was like weird i was like playing at a little booth and <laughs> yeah it was, and then and then and then the person running it came over and was like could you like learn a five seconds of summer song real quick and i was like no wow do that so yeah there's so many moments complicated in my songs. life where i'm just <laughs> yeah. like yeah so many moments in my life where i'm just like no right <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. By the way, no is such a strong and great oh, word. No, yeah, I'm getting used to it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, so when that video was taken of you, because that is the, the jumping off point of everything, I think. I guess, yeah. But this is funny, too. It's like when you when you busk, and like it's an Ed Sheeran song. And so when you busk, like I was saying, you can guarantee crowds with certain songs. And so that scared me, too, because I would do that, say, and then I would notice like my Facebook page and my Instagram kind of would grow quite a lot that day. And... And people would be like, oh, I saw you playing today. I loved your cover of Thing. And I'm like, well, you're like, when the time is right, you're not going to be a fan of what I do. Right. So Did I, they like that comment? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Excuse me. Um, nah, I, I basically, I was just kind of, yeah, I didn't want to build the wrong fan base either. Yeah. 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 There's um, so much of this, is, it's like, it's good to talk to you guys about it because there's so much of this I'm able to be like, oh, I'm really lucky to be here. But it's like, it's choices you make too. Of right? course. Yeah, for sure. When the glide thing happens, yeah. are you aware that, that that's going to be like a thing? The video? No, yeah. no, I just saw it. Like, get all, it got the views sort of like. But did somebody like take the, the video of you like four camera setup or whatever? I and think was so. Just... Yeah, a long time ago. But I think so. Yeah. And they were like, oh, we run so and so. And I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. So it moves and then and people take notice yeah. and you fly to Florida. Yeah. Do you feel in that moment that that's the turning point? No, nah, by by uh, if anything, it was like a red flag. I was like, okay, this isn't it because uh, you're still playing songs that are not yours. Exactly. And, yeah. yeah. And, and 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 it's like, how do you follow that up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, you see, like, I just I, I again, it was another thing. I was just like, I don't want to blow up off of covers and then be like, oh, by the way, here's my stuff. It's six minutes long. And blah, right, right, right. Yeah. And uh, so. So nah, after that I got in the studio and then I uploaded songs by myself. I, I got home. Like I had zero uh infrastructure. I didn't have a manager or anything. Right. And I just I got these songs together and I went on TuneCore and put them on all the things by myself. Yeah. I Were didn't you... expect anything. I here's one. I did it I did it one at a time because 
at this point we're talking like seven years of knowing I want to be a musician and by myself and in a band I with this thing always happened where I'd raise all the money we could put an EP together or like mini album get all the artwork like break our walls doing everything and then you release it and it's just like nothing and and there's this lovely sort of idea that it might like blow up in some way and it's like it won't like it just yeah, I guess like it's interesting to me these days you like you bring out a song and you see how everything plays out it's like well Spotify are going to place it like here because we have that relationship blah 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 and it's like very rarely do things happen by magic you know did you feel like the overhead was a lot you're just like it's not just me it's a band it's like a, you know going into a studio I have to actually like get a return on all the money that we put in no, I wasn't expecting anything. I was like, at that point, it was still very much like I'm gonna I'm gonna put some music into the world and see what happens. Yeah, I, I, like I would do a few shows in Dublin a year, and and just yeah, just biding my time, I guess. And it's like, and I uh, for that reason, because it was so deflating to watch projects happen and then die. Uh, I put these songs out one at a time because I was like, I don't like. Right, there's I'm less not pressure, yeah. Anything. And like, I'm super proud of them. So like, hopefully, some people will hear. And it. isn't it funny how music is forever, especially now with streaming? Oh, that people yeah. like once yeah, you, you get on, back. people will find that old music true. and they'll be like, "Oh, this is great." Yeah. Like, yeah, and yeah. I think Lizzo's a great example of that now okay, with True yeah. Truth Hurts, which is a song that was, was two years old. Yeah, exactly. No, right, yeah, right, and yeah. so she and now it's number one for yeah. the past seven weeks or something. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. yeah, that thing I just I did one song at a time because I was like I don't I don't need anything from this. I'm like I'm proud of it. People who know me will hear it and like it hopefully, and it might grow. But like I yeah I would say maybe like good example of kind of being at your sort of most defeated before things go. Good. What did your parents think when you did get the offer to fly to Florida? Oh, uh, it was all good. I mean, I, I, I need to discuss this with them, like, because I think about the fact that they let me do what I do. There was never any pressure to steer me towards being a lawyer or whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I think about the music I was making when I was like 18. And I'm like, how did they have the foresight to see that this might work? Because yeah. like, it wasn't very good. And, and so I don't know if that was a big moment, but like things like... Like things like they'll see the show tonight. I feel like things like that are nice celebration. Yeah, like good things happening. I, but, um, I'm I think not sure at what I think about that they... too. Like you know, our parents would see us doing work when we were doing like YouTube videos. Yeah. You know, a decade ago, and but they saw the potential mm -hmm. in it. You know, they saw that that we were working and enjoying ourselves, True, and that there was yeah. an end product. Yeah, 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 maybe it wasn't the best thing in the world, and maybe it maybe it would have been. Who knows? But they yeah, were yeah. they were just like oh, we see it, and like as long as you guys have this focus and, totally. and, and a vision. Oh, so. yeah. And maybe it's like, maybe it's the most beautiful thing to be a parent and be like, oh, wow, they've like found the thing they're passionate about. Hey, gang, it's Jeff here from the podcast. Also, Eric's here. Hey. And I have a special, special deal for you here today. Are you talking to me? I'm talking only to you. Yeah. If you go to itsthereal.com this holiday season, go to our shop. Yes. Itsthereal.com slash shop. We're going to give you 200 t-shirts for the price of... 195. Wait. That's right. You buy 200 t-shirts today. We're going to knock it down to 195. <laughs> you want to... For our, our loyal listeners out there, our fans. Yeah, if they go to itsthereal.com slash shop. The It's The Real family. <laughs> if you get. buy 200 t-shirts right now, give you them for a price of 195. That's nuts. I Jeff, you've lost it. <laughs> I don't know if we can handle that. It's just the, the small things we do. There's a word in, in the Jewish, oh. in the Hebrew language yeah. called tzedakah. <laughs> and that, that means charity. And um, if, if you want to buy 200 t-shirts 
today we'll give you the, the same thing for the price of 195 it's really it's not about us Jeff. it's just about bless your heart i don't consider myself a hero yeah well agreed <laughs> <laughs> and now back to the podcast did you find that your parents did like your music or yeah yeah, yeah of course <laughs> but uh but just like that i'm like i don't know how they how they like i wonder do they have chats where they're like is this for real like is yeah, this gonna yeah. work and uh, and who knows i mean like yeah maybe they just saw it for what it was and maybe they were like let them give it a go and if it doesn't happen we'll figure it out yeah, yeah. when did things start like was spotify the thing that really just like that set everything on turning point yeah. yeah to me what like talking about that thing of like Irish musicians staying stuck in Ireland I feel like that was a huge help for me because I like I know artists at home that are so so good and would grab an opportunity like with both hands and chase it as far as it goes but yeah I feel like my advice to anyone who's like young writing songs trying to do this is like I feel like there needs to be a moment or something it's like to just turn it because yeah and that's what it was for me and like say good example might be like that Maggie Rogers Pharrell video it's yeah like, yeah it might have been her moment that exposed her and allowed her to do what she does now so well and Maggie uh, Rogers was at NYU right. and this very organic uh opportunity yeah. yeah where she played her own music for Pharrell went viral and yeah yeah, and, yeah. yeah really took off which but, is a great way for that to happen because it was like her song yeah and, right and and yeah and it was on video <laughs> right yeah <laughs> which is yeah. so good for 2019 but um or 2017 or whatever but um so you were just uploading music. Yeah. And then Spotify adds you to the weekly Discover playlist. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Did yeah. you have any idea that, that was happening? Like No. No, I, like did no you email? have a Spotify uh, account? Yeah. yeah. Uh no, I still don't. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to our friends at Spotify. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, so, well, like it's about time they gave me something. Know, yeah. Um uh, but now nah, I was playing a show in London and actually nice way for a turning point to happen because I guess I was in London like dragging my own piano around and my own guitar and all that and I was playing a show in a place called the Servant Jazz Quarters which is like 40 people and it's a basement basically and uh and you had played there before? Never, nah. It was my I think it was my first time playing in London and a bunch of people who were there came up to me afterwards and they were like, we heard your music for the first time today on this Discover Weekly thing. And I was like, oh, interesting. I'll go home and check the algorithm. Not yeah. the algorithm, the, the, just the data. Check the algorithm. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wait a minute. The whole house of cars that you've built yeah. over the past yeah. <laughs> just falls apart. Um, nah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, no, so I went home and I checked like how many plays I got that day. And it had gone from, I, I would get like five to ten plays a day. And then that day it had gotten like 40,000 or something. Like, Holy oh shit. God, yeah. <laughs> That's and, a little different. Yeah. And is that so, like getting like a million dollars in your bank account by accident? You're just <laughs> like, you're like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> this can't be right. Yeah. Uh, nah, yeah. So how do you, was, how do you sleep that night? Yeah. Very exciting. Yeah. yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Right. Because people nowadays would be like, how do you sleep after a show? It's like, well, I'm doing what I want. Yeah. Do. Yeah. Like, yeah. Those are the nights. Where oh I'm man. Like, I sleep because I'm like, I'm onto something. Yeah. Now. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I just, I, I, then Spotify got in touch. And the, I think the Discover Weekly thing might even be separate to them. I feel like it is an algorithmic thing. And, and, and certain songs find their way into this Discover Weekly without, say, someone at like editorial and Spotify even doing it. Yeah. And so I think that flagged it for them. And they were like, okay, Dermot Kennedy, blah, blah, blah. And then. But how gratifying is that for you? You're like, this is my, you know, my baby. Yeah. And it's, it's out into the world. And finding an audience. And people appreciate it. 
exactly yeah it, it's that like it's it's sort of that um justification after all your patients are being like oh now it's exposed to lots of people and it seems they like it and it's like oh so like all that second guessing you're like oh cool like i, I wasn't wrong and, yeah uh, and thank and god that people were listening to it and then the, <laughs> the, the the 30 people showed up to your show but, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, turnout, yeah, yeah. 40 000 plays um but but yeah, it was, and then Spotify got in touch and we started talking about all that stuff. But yeah, I feel like, and then, yeah, and then it, that sort of, I feel like was the start of kind of talking to labels and lawyers and managers and all that. Yeah. Did that all move like really quickly? Quite fast. Yeah. I remember, um, the guy who was the head of music yeah he i think he was the president of polydor at the time which is like uh twinned with interscope here he, yeah uh, he i was sitting at home and he emailed me and he was like heard your music i'm coming to dublin like today uh i'm on a flight like right now I want to talk to you. And I was like, Oh God, this is that moment. And like, and, uh, imagine you said no. <laughs> I know, yeah. And, and, but even now, like that moment, I was like, brilliant. This is the thing. I'm going to do this. Like, great. And, but you got to be conscious of the fact, like those people know you feel that way. Those yeah. people know you're like, Oh, record deal. <laughs> and, and so, and so we met up and he was like, I'll sign you on your publishing. And then after that, I'll sign you on your records. And I was like, great happy days not now don't get me wrong i wasn't like sweet where do i sign but yeah, i was yeah. like okay cool thanks for that interesting to have you like in the pot and yeah. he, he was the he was like number one person that contacted me i think and and then he uh he sort of like set up these interviews with lawyers for transparency's sake because he was like i don't want to send you to one lawyer because you'll think it's my guy right and uh and so i picked a lawyer and then and then we were like, okay, cool. Let's like take this deal as far as it can go with the lawyer. And then he bailed. The guy offering me the deals bailed. And I was like, oh, okay. That's my first instance of like seemingly perfect Wait, thing. Bailed on you or bailed on the company? Because you said he's the, the okay, bailed got it. You said he was the former. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was moving to, he's the head of Sony now, but he um, bailed on that and, and, was like, I wish you all the best, but it's just, it doesn't make sense for me anymore. And mm. I was like, wow, that just kind of, maybe it was like good for me to learn then how quick things can turn around. Yeah, right. And how fickle things can be. And uh, were your numbers still like steady on Spotify? Yeah, or just all like, the time. Okay, yeah, got it. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and so when he bailed, I was, I was left with a lawyer. That's all I kind of had. And I was like, okay, interesting. And so he was like, and then the first protocol then was to set up meetings with managers and eventually found managers and we went from there. But like, it was cool because Sarah and this time, I think I was getting like a few million plays a month on Spotify. And, and so managers were like, well, we don't like they were experienced and they were like, well, we don't need, like, why would you sign with a record label? Like you're only going to give all your music away. And sort of like halt the progress you're already making in a way and so yeah we basically just we kept doing it ourselves and the spotify thing grew because with managers we sort of nurtured that relationship and apple music as well and it just became a thing where we could we took it as far as we could take it unsigned basically like and that's got to be very empowering it's beautiful yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like it doesn't matter how well i ever do 
the glory days were when I was like, <laughs> yeah, like like hundred percent of the Spotify income was coming to me, and yeah. I was still like just sitting at home. Every yeah, day, and I was like, <laughs> and it was like, yeah, because it's whatever. It's like five grand per million plays, and the, like there was some good times. Sure. But, um, but you can hire someone else to carry your piano around. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and like so unsigned we kind of we did a show here in new york we did la we played bonnaroo and did a little bit of touring and then basically took it to the point where like okay a bus costs 40 grand to have for a couple of weeks so i was like okay i can't do that so uh we played bonnaroo too by the way uh, what was your experience like down there a really crazy thing happened when we played bonnaroo <laughs> we were playing i don't know what stage it was it was a small stage like this was like where all the gear was in the back of the van that's when we were doing it and uh and we were playing and during one of the songs, we didn't have our own monitors guy. And during one of the songs, the festival monitors guy was trying to talk to the front of house guy. But we were on in-ear monitors and he didn't bypass us. So the whole conversation <laughs> happened in our ears while we were trying to sing the song. And, uh, and so I almost started singing what he was saying. And he was like screaming at the guy because it was a problem. And uh, so while I was trying to play this really chilled out song, uh, there was just this guy screaming in my ears. Basically. So, yeah, that was my experience with Bonnaroo, yeah. Um, our experience with Bonnaroo started because we were, uh, we were also working the festival. We were like yeah. hosting some stuff. And... They brought us down like a couple days early yeah. and they said, hey, just so you know, every year three people die. Um, we're just like, yeah, oh, yeah, great. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> nice to be here. Sweet. Yeah. Stay hydrated. We were it's like, hot, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. We were like one, two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, it was hot. Um, also, we stayed in um, these, you know, the they have these trailers for talent or whatever. Oh, really? Yeah. And so uh, you can it's camping out. But whatever, you're staying in like a a. a RV or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they're like, okay, this only has so much hot water, you know, from the, the power source. <laughs> and they're like, so really pay attention to like how you use it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And Jeff's like, okay. And the other guy was like, okay. Yeah. And then Jeff um, left it on. So yeah. uh, <laughs> we ran out of like hot water like day, <laughs> day two. one. Yeah. Oh, no. So yeah. it was a fun experience. Good festival though. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's a great yeah. festival. Yeah. Uh, Bring very, us back. Very, very dusty, by the way. You know, like they... Because yeah. when you ride around on like the um the the, the ATVs or golf whatever. carts, whatever, yeah. they tell you to wear bandanas because it's yes. super dusty. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Coachella's like that too, right? We, we have never been, been to Coachella. Coachella. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I've never done that mask thing in my life, and there I did it. it yeah. Just, well, now it's also fashionable. Dirt, you know? yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I wear masks for the SARS prevention. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you ever feel reliant on? spotify and like the the golden teat that is like their promotion Oh, for sure yeah, yeah. like yeah like and it's funny because nowadays if i'm asked like how do you feel about spotify blah, blah blah and the fact that it's like maybe not enough money that they pay artists and it's like yeah well true but also depends on your circumstances right like for me i went from making nothing to making some so i yeah. was like well that's great and but also you had nobody to pay like nobody. because because you weren't on a label and so like nah. you know the label when when Spotify pays the label, then the label takes their cut from it. Sure, yeah. You didn't and, have that. Oh, no, yeah. And nowadays, it's like I'm getting way more plays than I ever have, but the label collects all of it and then pays me twice a year a teeny-weeny cut, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, interesting. But uh, So it's very different, but it's like... When we were talking about like where you get your mail sent to, I really hope that that's direct deposit. You're not like, <laughs> you know, bad. checks are going like somewhere. And you're like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really struggling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Do you nah. want to busk outside? <laughs> yeah. yeah but, uh, 
but nah it it was yeah it was a good time but yeah definitely conscious of the fact that like it's only working because they're on side yeah and so who were the who were the other labels that come around in the second wave yeah so the reason i the the process of getting a manager took ages and in the meantime since that first guy had come in everybody came in and it got to the point where i felt like i was a manager I wasn't being creative at all. I was like taking calls all day. Yeah. Because no one, I had no manager. And, yeah. Did you have a separate name? Like, were you just, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, I can put you through. This yeah. is Mike. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Mike directs you to Terry, Terry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whoever. But I was just taking calls all day from labels and publishers all day. And like, and it's this thing of being like, oh, cool, I'm by myself, but I'm like switched on, so I know what to do. But like, looking back, those people know how to conduct those conversations sure. and yep. how to steer them in a certain way. And yeah. like, it would happen without me knowing. So like, obviously I didn't do anything stupid, but like, I felt super smart on the phone. I was like, oh, they, they're probably getting off the phone and being like, why does this guy not have Did any one differentiate themselves from another? Uh, or was it all the same? Like it was quite like it was quite clear to me. I'm with Island in the UK and Interscope here, and it, and it, that was easy in the end. Mm-hmm. They just uh, I kind of Island Records, especially. I was like, because they had like Hosier and Mumford and Sons, Ben yeah. Howard, all that. I yeah. was like, this makes sense for sure. Yes, and uh, and so. Yeah, towards the end, it's just, it got quite clear to me. So it wasn't necessarily, you're like, oh, Island, like Bob Marley, like, you know, there's a legacy there. This is about, they could see something in you. and uh, For sure, yeah, but definitely, like, it just felt, it's just, like, I went to a certain label, and I won't name them, but I went to a certain label, and when they were giving me, like, the final walkthrough of the building, and, like, please, we love you so much. They like, they, I think they called me Damien twice. And I was like, oh, well, this is crazy. Different Marley. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I have two guests. It was a death row. (laughs) Or, yeah. (laughs) But it was, it was like, it was just this, it just becomes quite obvious. And now I see how it works. It's like, these people are so busy. And also I think about things like, say, it's so fickle and so people move and jump ship all the time and so like if you have an A&R that you allow to kind of steer your career in a certain direction you might like go there with them and be like okay cool I trust you and then they might leave right you're stuck where they want you to be in In that sort of purgatory yeah Yeah. you gotta be careful yeah um so you do end up at Interscope and one person that you did uh end up working with through them yeah, was yeah, yeah, uh, sure. was Mike Dean. Mm-hmm. Um, and Shout so, out to Mike Dean. did you did you direct Interscope, or were they like, "Hey, by the way, we know that you like, you know, uh, Travis and all these yeah, other people." For sure. Like yeah. Kanye means a lot to you, and so yeah, yeah. I think I like they certainly made the connection, and uh, and it 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 was kind of this thing of like, okay, well, I had all these songs that weren't necessarily going to be on my album but I definitely cared about them and so I went to Mike to put them together and it was so it was this lovely process too where it wasn't like okay here's this legend this has to work like don't get this wrong it was just a bunch of music that like we both had fun making and it, yeah it was, it was like he's he's just and I know it's like easy when someone is that sort of prestigious to come on here and be like he's so nice but like he's the nicest he yeah, really yeah. is the nicest so you i imagine went to you know he records out of his house yes yeah, yeah. Uh, much like we we do at our house except his house is uh much bigger yeah has um, a pool. did you yeah did you did you uh enjoy working at his house oh it was awesome yeah, yeah. and like yeah because definitely when you do these like 
I, I you kind of there's a process I think in music where you do your due diligence of like doing the merry-go-round of like sessions and like oh here's so and so they wrote this song blah, here's blah, blah. Damien yeah. Blah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then you go into the studio and they're listening to your music as you walk in yeah like, who is this today and uh, and so there's that like merry-go-round of songwriters and blah 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 and so like I've been in LA for like weeks at a time and every morning you're like okay I gotta go to the studio now and with him it was actually exciting yeah also it's not in the morning (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. do you feel like it there was a huge difference between your um writing on your own and collaborating with someone like Mike Dean yeah yeah well he's maybe he's not the best example of how I struggled with that because like, but with other people where people are kind of like, what about this lyric? And I was like, well, what about it? Like it doesn't like how right. it and the, And then sometimes like my true self kind of flares up and I'm like, well, like who are you to even have an opinion about like what I'm talking about? You know, yeah. like it's, it's crazy. And I get it. And sometimes when I'm like more balanced, I'm like, oh, they just want the song to be good. But yeah, sure. Sometimes. So fun. when you record an album in New York, yeah. when you record an album in LA, those are, you know, very different cities to begin with, but True, yeah. it's also very different from where you first, you know, started writing music when you were yeah, 11 yeah. years old. What, what does New York do to you? Is, is there something about the energy? Is it yeah, something about the people? And it's a very cliche thing, right? To be like, it's so vibrant. I'm so inspired. But like, it's true. Too. Yeah. And like, and it was a big choice to make because um, like having been on tour so much and having traveled for like two years with music already, it was very appealing. The idea of going back to Ireland, like to the middle of nowhere for a couple of months and putting a record together. Yeah. It did sound good to me. But uh, it just made sense for the music like, I feel like I would have made a different record if I went home and it would have been, I don't know, it might have been less interesting or something, it would have been more within my comfort zone, I think. And I'm glad it's not. And and so it just made sense to kind of come here. And also like Scott Harris, who I wrote a lot of the songs with is here. Uh, Cause who's in Toronto it's like it's easy for him you know so it was just it made a lot of sense is that one of those things where you're just going to keep going like further and further from where your comfort zone is I think so yeah it's fun right it's like yeah I think I, I was faced with that like I had I have a song called The Closeness and we wrote it like three years ago probably me and Carrie and it was an acoustic song and we had finished it and he was like why like why don't we just try a super super aggressive program beat on top of this and see what happens and it felt unreal it felt so good and so at that moment i feel like i was presented with that thing of like do i go down this way and like and get out of my comfort zone and try this or do i stay and just be the guitar guy and i was like it was just more fun to do that yeah um while you were here recording your album did you take the subway yeah, of course, all the time. Yeah. So you would see buskers in the yeah, in yeah, the yeah. different like tunnels or whatever. Yeah. Did you see anyone that you know struck a chord with it's you? It's a so different to speak? standard for sure. Yeah, it's right. Way better. Like people. Oh, are I think you're oh. gonna be like, it's way worse. Well, these, no, really. There, these there, no, there, I, I've never. Yeah. There's yeah. there's people who are like phenomenal. There's yeah. some people who are like cellists who like you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. There's also on 14th Street. Yeah, there's a guy who sings the Beatles who gets all the lyrics wrong. And also his guitar is way out of tune. Oh, but man. but maybe like that's his art. And maybe like <laughs> yeah. just it hasn't found his audience <laughs> yeah. yet. But we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I would I would see them. It's it's a, it like I have so much respect. Like I was saying for uh considering how sort of like childish almost was about the old busking thing i have so much respect for people who like grab their stuff in the morning and go and do that all day i think do you ever play any covers when you're on stage sometimes yeah (laughs) if it's cool like 
the covers I've done now that I have a career, I guess, are like we did Heartless by Kanye, we did yep. Temptation by Joy Badass, like stuff like that. <clears throat> because to me, like if I do a Ben Howard cover, it's like I'll never do it as well as he did, as well as he does. Even if he like, even if I sing it better, it's still not him. But it's also that you like rearrange it, like your yeah. NPR. Yeah. And I also, I mean, like your um the BBC uh, live sessions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's where you did, like, some coverage. But, like, yes. they're just... The way that you rearrange even your own stuff in the NPR yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tiny Desk concert is incredible. Nice one. That was fun, yeah. Yeah, how did you put that, that together? Awkward. Like, you got... It was awkward? <laughs> yeah. That's was it early in the morning? What, what happened? Yeah. It's, it's awkward because... Have you guys been there? No. It's like it's so tiny. Yeah. Well, obviously it is a it is someone's desk and <laughs> wait, is it really? It's a real desk. It's no, a it's, desk and an office. Yeah. And I mean, I know it's an office, but like right. that's it. It looks like it's a set. It's not like a real desk. No, it's somebody's desk. Yeah. 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 That's, it's someone's workspace. Yeah. Every time they're trying to do work, some other like person is there to play three songs. Yeah. <laughs> and and they move everyone to sort of this right. Yeah. And there's a little crowd watching you do it and. <laughs> And so it was this thing of like, it was very, very awkward because they do this thing of being like, okay, you can do a song again if you want, but obviously there's people here. So like, it doesn't look <laughs> great if you do. And we were like, obviously, yeah. And we would never rerun stuff like any, like we normally get it right. Uh, and even if it's not right, it's still, it's right enough. It's going to yeah, be yeah, the yeah. second time. Yeah. And, uh, and, but we went to play a song and our drummer, uh, he, he he had to have these pads on his drums because obviously you can't nail a drum kit in there. And he um, he hit it on the first chorus of a song and the pedal just went through the kick drum. Oh. And, uh, and so I looked around to him afterwards and he was like, we have to do that again. And I was like, okay, fair. And uh, and so we just, and then I made a few mistakes and it just, it's a very like, it's <laughs> like at a show, like I'll make a mistake tonight and it'll be fun and it's all good. But like in that environment, you're like, oh no. And then you're conscious of the fact that Tiny Desk is a big deal. And yeah, yeah it was just, yeah. I didn't enjoy it myself. No. Yeah, I'd like to do it again. But it's so good. Thank you. And, yeah. and I haven't watched it. Like, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was kind of. I also don't watch my own stuff. Right. I yeah. made my piece. Eric does. I, I do. Like, I listen. Yeah, yeah. I listen. I watch. I like. I I enjoy the the content that we make. It's like, well, right. Let me enjoy yeah, it yeah. again. And, also, and we it, need the views. Well, and so no, Eric, watches. no, no. Well, what what do you do? Because we've been in this situation too. What do you do when you're playing music for a crowd of people in a in a studio? Do you watch their reactions or do you look away? Because we close my eyes, yeah. Oh, you do. Yeah. yeah, that's what Jeff does. Like yeah. I'm, I'm like watching all the people. I'm like making sure, like you know, really, yeah. I'm getting reactions right then and there. Yeah, yeah. I guess a good example of that in music is when you're in those meetings with the likes of Spotify and you're like playing them your album and everyone's just sitting there and then, yeah. and, and after the song they all turn to you for like an explanation. Of what <laughs> right. about. It's real. It can be awkward again, but yeah, I just close my eyes. I feel like over time you develop a certain sort of bedrock of just like I don't care what you think. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, that yeah. especially. Oh no, sure. I absolutely care what people think. I'm <laughs> yeah. <just> terrified. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So are you in a place now where you're so comfortable with your prod, your, with your projects, with your product yeah. that you, yeah, you don't need validation from other people? I think so. Yeah, I think so. And and uh, when I started getting a fan base, I it messed with me lyrically. I I was in the studio trying to write one song, and literally I was like up early in the morning working on these lyrics, and I would go back and forth like a hundred times, and it was like I was getting in my own way completely. It was like counterproductive. I was like. I, I would change lyrics and be like, what if that one word isn't okay? Because when I, if you think about like the Kendricks and the Lupe Fiasco, it's like, well, every single word 
like works with me like i love every single word so surely those guys have like put that amount of care and honed in that much but then i'd imagine if you delve into it you guys would know probably like the, the, you probably find artists are just like yeah like not careless but like i they, guess they don't the they're not confidence. that yeah 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 i think and that's like, right also when it comes to like when you're like a career artist that's like putting out bodies of work it's like not every lyric is the most important. Like it's important to just be creative at all times and just let it go. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I mean, like when you look at someone like Young Thug, who yes, is yeah, just yeah, like yeah. you know he he's not somebody who obsesses over everything. He's yeah. just like this is how I'm feeling, and it's the, in the emotion and the delivery of yeah. it rather than like the actual words. Yeah. 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 One hundred percent. And and I think that's a beautiful thing. And I was the exact opposite of that for a little while because I was like I'm getting fans here who are latching on to my lyrics so the lyrics have to be perfect right. and then I was like I was just I was slaving over it too much yeah and, you can't yeah. you know necessarily concern yourself with the fact that you may change this person's life you know yeah, based yeah. off of like do I put this word in or this word in yeah, yeah. yeah. or even just like you know coming up with people's Instagram captions <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, yeah. that's a big one and, have and people tattooed your lyrics a lot yeah. yeah yeah yeah. there was the first one recently uh, someone got a tattoo of my actual face and I was like oh that's different okay. wait <laughs> yeah. where they get it tattooed uh, here on, on their, their face forearm, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Face. I but. always do you ever um, do you remember the girl who got Drake's name tattooed across her forehead yeah, yeah. yeah. I think about her all the time yeah. I think about her all the Did time sue her was that a thing no no, uh, no. I, I think, think she so. might have yeah. sued the tattoo i mean not, i don't think she sued anybody i think she was like in a bad place but no. like i wonder if she got it removed like drake was pissed yeah, yeah drake yeah. was so pissed that she got it tattooed on her because face. he didn't want her to have this with tattoo that in her yeah. Face. yeah yeah true well yeah fair enough joe rogan always says that he gets a lo load of people to get his face tattooed and is that right he's always kind of like this shouldn't be a thing oh yeah you can come in so now that you've been on the road for Two years. Yeah. Um, are you ready to not be on the road? Uh, great timing, Nathan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think, to be honest, I think it's when I'm kind of, it is when I'm happiest. It's, it's this lovely thing where that's when I'm in like, oh, this is a dream job. I wake up and I get to have this hour and a half at night where I do the thing I'm most, I'm happiest doing. And that's like also now within an industry where there's so much room for like gimmicks and like the importance of social media and and how you can grow your careers in ways that are kind of like not really got anything to do with music it's like i can get in a room with a bunch of people and do what i do and because like it's easy for me to be like okay i don't do any of the silly stuff um and you and sometimes like with things like social media you can worry and be like oh, this person's ahead of me and, and I'm not doing all this, like, I don't go live every day in a selfie thing. It's like, why, like, maybe I should start doing that and it'll work. But it's like, it's like the the gigs and, and when I'm kind of like feeling my best is because I'm like, oh, these rooms sell out. Like, people do care about music still. And it, it I think this is appropriate, like, across all art forms. It's like, it's in podcasting too. It's like, we're having a long conversation now, right? And people listen to it. And so I think... I think hopefully that stuff continues with like literature and so and because stuff is getting stupider all the time. Oh yeah, yeah. like yeah. Like with yeah. all due respect to TikTok, like you know, I like longer form stuff. And yes. there is some great stuff on oh, TikTok. I'm not on it, but I, <laughs> yeah. I like to pretend I'm a teen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you still on Glide? <laughs> yeah, love Glide. <laughs> oh man, Glide confused me so much. No. <laughs> Wait, what is Glide? It was like a chat app. I think it was like WhatsApp, but only videos or something. Yeah. Got it. 
It um, sounds like a like a Windex. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you are there pockets uh, around the world that are like just surprising to you that are huge fans of yours? Yeah, like do you have like a big like Brazilian like come to Brazil? The, the classic come to Brazil. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's my favorite Instagram caption. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, um, I don't know. We haven't been to Asia yet touring, and everyone says like the nicest place in the world to tour because obviously like it's different everywhere you go when you tour, and apparently there is the best. But uh, no, nah, I been lucky like I, it hit me at the end of the last u.s tour we were in denver and we played to like four thousand people and i was like this is crazy like where'd you to, play we played the fillmore right and, on uh, and it's not on this tour but we yeah i can't say things anyway we have plans and cool um i feel like i know those plans i know and yeah. I, I hope those plans it's pretty are pretty blatant right yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I hope I those plans yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> I hope they're at a place that we've been to recently. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Cause that place is dope. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's pretty phenomenal. But, yeah. um, but basically, yeah, just things like that. And, and it's like, so people are often like, Oh, like you were saying, like, what are the moments where people are like, Oh, that must be amazing. And it's like, yeah, but also certain things like that aren't surprising. Cause you play that like five times, but yeah, when you go to Denver and there's like 4,000 people there and they all know every song and it's like, Oh, this is like, the day's working. You know? yeah. yeah. That's the most beautiful. Thing. Listen, it could have been you and 30 fans in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I take it. Is there a piece of you that is still that 11 year old boy with that guitar? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's important because I, I kind of talk about it all the time. Like the influence of say, listen to a lot of hip hop, what that has in my music and, and how I've kind of found my own space within the industry. But yeah, I still, like the reason I love hip hop is because of the storytelling and the lyrics and how honest it is. And so like, to me, that's very similar to what David Gray does and what Ray LaMontagne does. It's like, obviously it sounds completely different, different characters, all that, but it's like, it's the same thing when you break it down. And so I still want to be that. Yeah. I never yeah. want to kind of hide behind massive production and arrangement. I think the lyrics are key. Yeah. yeah. But also, I mean, like you're somebody who loves hip hop because you are a young guy. Right. You know, like hip hop is now totally mainstream in a way yeah, that yeah. It didn't used to be. Like David Gray wasn't growing up on hip hop. True, yeah, yeah. And and also I think about artists like I think about if I were to sort of plow ahead and try and do the guy with the guitar thing, like that's not really a thing these days, right? Like there was that those like pitchfork days, right? Yeah. With like Ben Howard and, and sure. Fleet Foxes and all that. But like I feel like that was when I was like trying and and now that i'm kind of like doing it for real it's not necessarily as much of a thing so yeah yeah, yeah it, like it would be it would be counterproductive i think to sort of cling on to that and be like no i have to do this because it might not work you know? yeah yeah well congratulations on nice on your journey congratulations Cheers. on all your success and it's it's nice to put a, a name to a face and a face on you know your arm whatever yeah, it true. is <laughs> face on your own face. Yeah. yeah so thanks for coming over damien <laughs> <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening to this new episode of A Waste Time with This The Real Jeff. People want to find out more about us. I'm Eric with the curly hair. You're Jeff with the glasses. Together, we are It's The Real. No apostrophe, no spaces. People want to find out more about this podcast. It's called A Waste of Time with It's The Real Jeff. People want to find out more about what's going on with us. Where can they go? You can always go to itsthereal.com. I-T-S-T-H-E-R-E-A-L.com. Go get that offer of 200 t-shirts for 195 that's uh it's just a special deal that is a deal you can always sign up for our newsletter at itsthereal.com you can always subscribe to our podcast there as well you can also go to any streaming platform including this one the one that you're listening to right now so spotify apple you know youtube wherever the hell yeah the thousands of other podcast streaming apps and 
and Wiz Kebabs. That's and that's the one. Jeff, yeah. where can they find us on social media? You can always go to It's the Real on Twitter. It's the Real on Instagram. That's it. And see, yeah, Jeff. I said to the internet, hey, give us your best guesses as to who the first guest will be on the 12 Days Podcast. And because we're going to be doing a lot of these podcasts, let's not go on forever. Just give me the top three, the first three that have come in right now of the guesses that people think were the first guests coming this Friday the 13th on the 12 Days of Podcast. Okay. Uh, Jimmy Brandley, yes. the Infinity Gym's guest, either Tyler the Creator or Funkmaster Flex. No and no. Albu Calves from London. Yes. Said Bun B. No. One Fucked Up Mind said Bronson or Alchemist. No and no. Oh, yeah. We already went over the, the three. I'm going to do one more. Okay. Coral Lopez 22 said, I hope it's Smino. God, you know, it's not. It's not Smino. It's not. Jeff, do you want to just tell them who it is? I do. Oh, will you tell the people who it is? Oh, somebody just uh, said Guap Dead 4000 return. Jeff, what happened to the three? I, I, someone just said Davies. <laughs> Jeff, it's Cameron. It's Cameron. It's Cameron. The 12 Days of Podcast starts off with Cameron. As always, not for real, for real. For sure. We'll see you guys on Friday. Right. 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 Right.